Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We are so happy to see you here with us this morning as we worship God collectively in spirit and in truth. And if you're visiting with us this morning for the first time, like Aaron said in our announcements, we want to let you know that you are our honored guest and you're always welcome here at this church whenever the doors are open. And if you hadn't had the opportunity yet, there is a card that is in the back of your pew. Please take that out. Fill that out. We'd love to have a record of your attendance. You can place that card in the box. You can give it to me or one of our shepherds at the conclusion of the service. We'd love to invite you back out here to this church because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to continue on with our sermon series entitled The Power of Proverbs which will feed us through next Sunday. And if we look at this slide, uh, we'll do a real quick review, if this is is your first time with us this morning, as to what we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. So in week one, uh, we discussed the importance of wisdom and wising up and how we can obtain wisdom through studying the Word of God. In week two, we talked about how to master our mouths through changing our hearts, and I'm so appreciative of all the wonderful feedback about last week's uh, sermon. I think we might have hit a sweet spot there, amen? But, uh, <laughs> and this week, week three, we are going to be talking about how to tame our tempers, okay? How to tame our tempers. And I know many of us do not struggle with this, but there are some that may struggle with this. Uh, So in the light of being transparent, I think all of us may have some some temper within us sometimes and anger. So we're going to talk about how we can tame that. Um, And like I stated last week, there is so much great material in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, that we could spend the next few months studying the book. So Pardon me for doing kind of like a condensed Cliff Notes version, um, but like I said, Proverbs is, is one of my favorite books, if not my the, the favorite book in all the Bible for me, because it gives the reader some very simple and practical advice on how to keep oneself away from a life of trouble, and I definitely need that, amen. So today, let's talk about anger, and let's learn some principles that can help us learn to tame our tempers. So uh, one night, I want to start off with something kind of funny. One night, uh, I was putting Alayla and Isabella to bed, and I have one, Alayla, who's here this morning sitting in, um, who takes a while. It takes a while for her to calm down and settle down and get ready for bed. So uh, I put her to bed, and, and five minutes later, she said, Daddy, Daddy. And I said, Yes, Alayla. She said, Can I have a drink of water? And I said, no, Layla, you already had your chance at that drink of water. You need to lay down and go to bed. Five minutes later, Daddy, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Can I have a drink of water? I said, Layla, I told you that you are not to have a drink of water. You missed your chance, so go ahead and go to bed, or Daddy may get a little upset, and I may have to give you a little, a little spanking. I know, oh, oh. So I thought that would calm it down. Five minutes later, she said, Daddy, Daddy. And this time I was upset. I said, what's a Layla? She said, when you come in to spank me, can you bring me a drink of water? (laughs) I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So I brought her the drink of water and I gave her a kiss and the rest was history, right? I mean, oh, I tell you what. 
Even children know that there is something about anger that causes us to respond. Amen. There's something about anger that gets our attention and and causes us to act in ways that do not bring God the glory. There is something about anger and having a temper. And for men, we say the one uh, emotion that you can have as a man is that you can be angry and that is okay, right? You better not cry, but you can be angry and that's just fine. But as I look at the Bible, the Bible says something very interesting in James chapter 1. Don't worry about the next slide, Mike. We'll keep it here. It's not up there. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, it says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and quick to get angry. No, that's not what it says, does it? Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of of God. I want to say that one more time. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. We are indeed allowed to be angry, but we must not act upon our anger. We must learn how to control it. So as we begin this morning, I want to give you a couple of facts about anger from this study that I recently uh, read. It said, on average, women lose their temper only about three times a week. I don't believe it, but anyway, about three times a week, whereas men lose it about six times a week. Women get angry more often at people, while men get more angry at things like machines and cars and stuff that breaks down. Uh, Single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. That's interesting. Men are more physical with anger than women, and we can all say amen to that. And you are more, and this is really important, so pay attention to this one, you are more likely to express anger at home than anywhere else. That's something to think about. So, Mike, let's go ahead and go to this first passage of Scripture uh, found in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 32, reading from the New Living Translation, it says this about anger. It is better to be patient than powerful. It is better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Huh, that's very, very interesting. Well, what does that mean? Well, there is a story about this guy by the name of Alexander the Great, and maybe you've heard of him uh, in history classes and things of that nature, but Alexander the Great was this great and mighty conqueror, right? He conquered city after city, region after region, country after country, town after town, but one day, in a fit of rage, he took out his sword and he killed his commanding general, who happened to be his best friend. You see, Alexander the Great was able to conquer the world, but he couldn't conquer his anger. So maybe some of you are here this morning with that same kind of mentality. You've got so much going for you. You're able to do so much, but when it comes to anger, that's just one of those things that you struggle with so, so much. So this morning, let's figure out how we can help tame that temper. So I want to give you three principles. When you feel like blowing up, 
you know, on the freeway or at home or wherever you are on the job, when you feel like blowing up and you feel like it's coming up to here and you're getting a little woozy and lightheaded, I want you to remember three things. So if you're taking notes, here's the three things. First of all, in order to keep ourselves out of a life of trouble when it comes to anger, we must remember the results. That's point number one. Remember the results of our anger. Point number two is this. We must reflect before reacting. Amen? Reflect before reacting. And point number three is this. Restrain your remarks. Amen? Restrain your remarks. I heard someone once say, you can never get to the top if you keep blowing yours. Amen? That's a true statement, right? You can never get to the top in life if you keep blowing yours. The results of your anger come back to hurt you. Would you agree with that statement? The results of your anger, they come back to hurt you. Uh, I'm going to tell a golf story, so here we are. <laughs> so bear with me, uh, Floyd. Anyway, uh, my father and I were out on the golf course one day, and we were talking to this gentleman who had all the right golfing gear on, had the best Callaway clubs, had the shoes, the Nike shirt, I mean, everything. He looked like a stud. And we were riding around with him in the golf cart. And while we were riding around, we struck up small talk and conversation. And he was telling my father and I about how he was semi-professional, right? And how he was a scratch golfer and about how uh, he put up tour money and was getting ready to enter into the tour. So me and my father are thinking, man, we can't play with this guy. He's, he's really good. So, um, but that day on the golf course, he must have been having a terrible day. I mean, he shanked the ball. I mean, he hooked it. Everything that you could do wrong on the golf course. We came up to the ninth uh, tee, and he teed up the ball, and he took out his Callaway, swung, and missed. And I tried so hard not to laugh. I don't think I did. I may have, but I don't think I did. This guy got so upset that he took his Callaway golf club and threw the club. But somehow the club got hooked on the shirt right here, and it swung around and hit him in the back of the head. I kid you not. And I was sitting <laughs> the whole time thinking, wow, this is what happens sometimes when we lose our temper. It comes back to bite you, doesn't it? And all of us have countless stories where that has happened. You keep tripping over the same little edge in, in your room, and you go to kick it, and you miss and slip. I mean, things like, I'm not saying that happened to me, but maybe to some of you that, that has happened. You know, the results of our anger come back to hurt us when we let it go without restraint and without control. In Mission Viejo, uh, which I'm disturbed to, to see this, they say domestic violence calls are on the rise because people are losing their tempers and they make horrible, horrible mistakes in the fog of war, as some people call it. So I want you to remember this. With anger, you will always lose. Just want to say that. If you don't remember anything I say this morning, remember this. With anger, you will always lose. Always. You can lose respect. You can lose health. You can lose your job. You can lose your family if your anger is left unchecked. I was a, a preacher at a church that will remain nameless, but some of you guys probably know where it is. But I was a preacher up in Northern California, and we had this guy at our church that was just a mean guy. Looked like he'd been raised off of pickle juice his whole life. I see it all the time. Just 
really upset, really angry, always had a problem with something. He was just a mean guy, never had a nice thing to say about anything. One day we had a guest speaker come to our church, and he may have preached for a while. He was up there for about 40, 45 minutes. And you know, in Church of Christ, you get about 20, 25 to 30 minutes, right? If you go to 31, it's, it's over. So he was preaching for about 40 to 45 minutes. This mean guy at our church got so upset that he went to the back of the church building and turned off the air conditioning turned off the air conditioning. So all of us are sitting there, and we're like, is it hot in here? Maybe he's just preaching. He was talking about hell, so maybe we were just, you know. uh, But turned out that he turned off the air conditioning unit, and the same guy that turned off the AC unit at the church ended up having a heat stroke, and we had to call the ambulance to come and get him. That's right. That's, (laughs) That's right. So when it comes to anger, church, you will always, always lose if you're not careful. And that's why whenever we feel like we're getting to that point where we're going to blow a gasket, remember the results of what can happen. Amen. We've got to learn to to keep it in. Next verse. Let's go to this next slide, Mike. It's found in uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verses 22 and 23. It says this, an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. A man's pride brings him low, but a man of lowly spirit gains honor. So where there is anger, there is a plethora of sins. So what we always say to our children, right, is when when you get mad, take five seconds, count to five or, or count to ten. Always take time to respond. When someone says that stinging, harsh comment to you, try not to react. Try not to say anything back right at that moment. Take some time. Now, that doesn't mean, though, hold it in. Because there's something called passive-aggressive anger that can damage us as well, right? When we think of anger, typically we think about people that blow up all the time, right? But there's something called passive-aggressive anger that many of us struggle with. We say we don't get mad, but what happens is we tend to hold that anger in. And I want to give you a definition real quick of what it means to have a passive-aggressive anger. By definition, passive-aggressive anger is the indirect expression of anger, such as through procrastination, sarcasm, you met any sarcastic people, stubbornness, sullenness, or deliberate or repeated failure to accomplish requested tasks for which one is responsible So there are many people that would say, Jason, this sermon doesn't apply to me because I typically don't blow up. But there are many people that struggle with passive, aggressive anger. I see a lot of it in the church from time to time. So whenever we think of anger, we think of a person that blows up. But passive, aggressive anger is just as bad as the blow up type of anger. You may disagree, but I truly believe that. So we've got to think before we react and say something that we shouldn't say. Amen. And us married folk, we know that all too well. Amen. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 11. Mike, next slide. Let's look at this text uh, together. People, listen to this. I love this. I love Proverbs, the practicality here. People with good sense restrain their what? Anger. (laughs) I want to read that one more time. People with good sense restrain their anger. They earn 
esteem by overlooking wrongs. That's a powerful verse, church, but I know some people that whenever someone mistreats them or acts mean towards them, they, they, they want to let the other person know right then and there. They think that I need to correct this person right there and not overlook what was going on, but this verse tells us something a little bit different. People with good sense restrain that anger, and they earn esteem by overlooking wrongs. So the story goes that there was a, a customer who was continually bothering a waiter in a restaurant. And you guys have seen this before. I have too. First, he asked that the air conditioning be turned up because he was too hot. Then he asked that it be turned down because he was too cold. And that continued on for about a half an hour. The waiter was very patient walking back and forth and never once getting angry. Finally, a second customer asked why they just didn't ask this man to leave. Oh, I don't mind, said the waiter calmly. We don't even have an air conditioning unit in this, <laughs> in this restaurant. <laughs> Smart remark, right? That's great. Touche, good play. Um, you know, spiritually mature people are able to overlook hurt. They're able to shrug it off. They don't let mean people ruin their day, amen? They're able to let it go. And church, if we learn that discipline of letting things go sometimes so that we don't lash out in anger, we'll be a powerful and mighty people. And I think that Jesus is the best example of this. I don't have this passage on the, on this, on the slides there, Mike, but you guys, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to John 18. This is something that, that just came to me, and I wanted to share it with you this morning Jesus was the best example of this. And in this passage, something happened to Jesus. And we look at his response and, and what he did. John chapter 18, verses 19 through 24. You guys follow along with me. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all Jews came together. I said, nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. Verse number 22. Look at this, church. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Think about the context of this. This nearby official struck God in the flesh, in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? If I said something wrong, Jesus replied, testify as to what is wrong, but if I've spoken the truth, why do you strike me? Then Ananias set him, still bound, to Caiaphas, the high priest. This passage is so profound because we see God in the flesh being slapped in the face. And I can just imagine, we tell our kids all the time when they act crazy, I brought you into this world, I can take you out, right? Or is that just me? <laughs> um, Jesus, creator and sustainer of all things, said, I, I brought you into this world, and how did you slap me in the face? That wasn't Jesus' response. And what I see is I see an echo of what he said in Matthew chapter 5. Flip over to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 38. I see an echo here that is so powerful, and I actually see it in motion. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 38 says this, You have heard it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, 
But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone does what? Strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let them have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to those who ask you and do not turn away from those who want to borrow from you. So what I see is Jesus' words being put into action at that very, very moment. He said, I'm going to keep it in and I'm going to respond in a way that brings God the glory. Next slide, Mike, Matthew, or Proverbs 15.1. I want you to remember this one too. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I don't know if you've been in this situation before, but I have countless times where someone has come up to me and said something that was just so rude and so mean and wrong, and it really struck me in my heart. And before I could even think, I said something rude and mean back. And what it did it is, is it didn't help the situation. It hurt it. It made it worse. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 1 here, if someone comes to you with that attitude or that negative mindset or those mean words, what you do is you answer in a gentle way. And I've learned the gift of bless your heart from the South. <laughs> Try that on for size. I can't. Well, bless your heart. Bless your heart. It'd be amazing. You'd be amazed to see what happens in those situations when you're able to keep it in and give a gentle answer instead of striking right back. I've had to learn this the hard way because sometimes I just say it like it is. Sometimes that's not the best way to handle things. We've got to be gentle in nature, kind and able to turn the other cheek and not lash out in anger. And that's a way to tame our temper. I want to leave us, I'm almost done here, I want to leave us with this last passage, and I think it really just kind of summarizes everything that I'm trying to say this morning when it comes to this idea of anger and taming our temper. It's found in Galatians chapter 5, and you guys know this passage very well, verses 22 through 25. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? self control against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Just meditate on that verse for a second. Just really think about the words here and what is being said. Nowhere in this text do I see the theology of righteous anger. I want you to think about that for a moment. You know, we make reference to righteous anger often in the church. We make reference to Jesus when he was angry by the selling and exchanging of money. Jesus came in and he overturned the, temple, the tables in the, in the temple courts. And we, and we use that passage and we say, we see here when things weren't right, we saw Jesus get angry and overturn temples. He had a righteous anger, and therefore I should mimic that same righteous anger when I get into situations. I think that's poor theology. I really do. Because the only person that can have righteous anger has to be a righteous person. And the only righteous person that I know that walked the face of the earth was who? Jesus Christ. If you ever read the Bible in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, the Bible says no one is righteous, not one. So what does that mean to us in this idea of anger? 
It means that the fleshly side of us acts in anger, but the spiritual side helps us to remain self-controlled. This passage is very clear. Self-controlled. I don't see uh, have righteous anger next to self-control. I don't see that anywhere. That's not, that's not there. Since we die to the flesh and we are filled with the Spirit, we are not permitted to act in anger. We must learn to tame our tempers. So this morning, if you have been united with Christ through baptism, just as Jack was yesterday, we, we saw that, we witnessed that. And what we said to Jack is that when you go down to this watery grave of baptism, your old life is gone. The flesh has been crucified. It has been nailed to the cross. It is no longer there. And when I think about the flesh, I think about anger. When I think about the Spirit, I think about self-control and gentleness. So when you put Jesus Christ on in baptism, you said bye-bye to those outbursts of anger. You said bye-bye to that temper. You said bye-bye to that tongue. You said bye-bye to many things that we live by according to the flesh. And when you came out of that water, the Bible says you are filled with the Spirit of the living God inside of you And because of that indwelling of the Spirit, we are called to function in the way it says in Galatians 5.22, to live in love, to live in joy, to live in peace, to be patient with people, to be kind, to be good, to be faithful, to be gentle, and to be self-controlled. This morning, maybe there is someone here that has been falling short in this area. We all have idiosyncrasies. We all struggle with things, and there's always stimuli out there that that really tempt us to lash out and to get upset and to get angry. Many of us fall short in this area. I know I have. Guess what, church? This invitation is for you. We want you to come forward, and the church will pray with you and will pray for you that the Lord would help you with taming that temper because the world is a mess, and I know it's hard sometimes. Maybe there's someone here that has not put the Lord Jesus Christ on in baptism yet. You're not indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and you need that Holy Spirit in you to help you with whatever you're going through, especially in this area of temp- uh, taming your temper. So we've got a song of invitation selected. If there is anyone here that is in need and is struggling with this, we invite you to come together while we stand and sing the song of invitation.